0: Welcome to a series of talks about objective consciousness, an objective universe, and an objective way to awaken, expanding upon the works of George I. Gurdjieff and Russell A. Smith. This podcast is part one of chapter five of the audiobook of The Blueprint of Consciousness. In this episode, we begin to define the fabric of the universe that unfolds beyond the conceptual single octaves inner structure we have been exploring, and begin the study of outer octaves. Let's begin. The Blueprint of Consciousness An Accelerated Path to Awakening by Russell A. Smith Chapter 5 The Way Up Was The Way Down Part 1 Note, many charts and diagrams have accompanying animations so that you can watch them being created in real time. Make sure you check the dogteachings.com stroke animations to see if there are any animations for this chapter. Where are we? We started with the idea that truth conquers all things and said, if that is true then we need to find the truth. So, we began looking for an axiomatic image within the universe. Then we found that the structure of music and light both contained the same pattern. We studied that pattern, discovered the diatonic ratios, and an objective recipe. 24, 27, 30, 32, 36, 40, 45, and 48. You ought to be saying those numbers in your dreams by now. With an objective recipe, we were able to calculate all kinds of octaves, all-to-nothing octaves, musical octaves, and even the octaves of matter and antimatter. In fact, you could give us any number, tell us what note you wanted it to be, and in which home you wanted it to be in, and we could calculate that octave. It was pretty easy. Then we saw that this structure was relevant to creation, to existence. So we asked a basic question. How did it get that way? To answer that, we had to uncreate the universe. We had to put the forces back in a black hole. All at the same place. And we had to put the structure in even sevenths. When creation started, the forces that were all in the same place had to be separated. Why? Because you cannot make things if the forces are all in the same place. You can only make things if the forces are separated, are able to interact in the universe. And have a common structure within which to interact. However, when the forces became separated, we could not alter where they went, but we could alter the structure of the law of seven in order to give the separated forces a common structure within which to interact. How? By shoving one interval of the law of seven down. That is, by lengthening the law-conformable successiveness of the far-me interval. When we did that, the structure of the law of seven was stretched and rumpled, and as such, it aligned with the separated forces. Once it became aligned, creation started. But God needed to get something back, So he made one additional change. He shortened the last stoppinder by pulling the note T back towards himself, thus making it possible for us to see the oasis. Because of these changes, something else also happened. The moment that the fabric of the universe was stretched, Three inner octaves appeared between four fundamental points. The whole to the half, the half to the quarter, and the quarter to the eighth. And inner octaves were created. Smaller models of the whole, three in number. We calculated them, and learned the fate of their notes. In turn, Each one of those octaves created three additional octaves between their four fundamental points. For a total of three scales, 13 octaves, 71 vibrations, and 80 notes. We then used a deck of cards, replacing the vibrations with symbols, and saw man's centers, parts, and parts of parts. Visualising man's inner world was a lot easier to do with symbols. Diamonds were instinct, clubs were moving, and the six was the emotional part of a queen. Most importantly, the structure of inner octaves showed us what our higher centres were made of, and we yelled, Eureka! Because we had enough cards to awaken. We just needed to unify them. Then we watched how the duplicating principle shoved life up to apes, and then spilled into man, and gave him reason. Unfortunately, it was required that man acquire reason on his own. But, since he did not, Atlantis sank. Why? because the first men used their emerging reason to make the world safer for their kids. And at some point, their kids lost attention, because they did not have to listen, smell, taste, run, climb, or even care. Over time, enough cards deteriorated to where Atlantis sank, and man lost the use of his higher emotional centre. In an attempt to get it back, fakirs, monks, yogis, and the fourth way were created. But nobody found a reliable way to awaken. Then, Russell A. Smith discovered an objective way. Russell asked his higher center this question. Why don't people wake up? They're good people. They are honourable folks. They try hard. They study hard. They read the appropriate books. And they do the necessary exercises. So why don't they awaken? And the higher said, Well, it is a subjective way. All ways are subjective ways. If you dropped a cup on your foot and became enlightened... It would be foolish to think that if someone else dropped a cup on their foot, they too would become enlightened. Fortunately, Russell looked back at his higher centre and shouted, Then give me an objective way! And it did. It said, You have already figured out the rules and laws, so here's how they work. And it gave Russell... April Fools, a.k.a. The Objective Exercise, which shows a man who has enough cards, how to get those cards into the upper story and awaken. Eureka! Next, we learned about dualities, how the half and the quarter became oscillating does, and created duality, explaining the pairings of protons and neutrons, carnivores and herbivores, plants and animals, dominant and recessive genes, etc. It was all dualities. We even saw how the ascension and descension of a force created an up quark's positive two-thirds electrical charge and a down quark's negative one-third electrical charge. And how... The charges of those quarks gave the proton and neutron their electrical charges of plus 1 and 0, respectively. Then oscillations emerged, and we found DNA. We also found tRNA, the first molecule of life, which, by folding over on itself and folding again, was able to verify its own accuracy. What an amazing journey. We are now ready for Chapter 5. The way up was the way down. A fun chapter. Page 73. Chapter 5. The way up was the way down. We shall now begin to define the fabric of the universe. A fabric that unfolds beyond the conceptual, single-octaves inner structure we have been exploring. Gurdjieff alludes to this idea in all and everything. It is necessary to notice that in the great universe, all phenomena, in general, without exception, wherever they arise and manifest, are simply successively law-conformable fractions of some whole phenomenon which has its prime arising on the Most Holy Sun Absolute. And in consequence, all cosmic phenomena, wherever they proceed, have a sense of objectivity. And these successively law-conformable fractions are actualized in every respect, and even in the sense of their involution and evolution owing to the chief cosmic law, the sacred Heptaparaparshanoch. We can find clues in the wording of the first paragraph. All phenomena, without exception, and law-conformable fractions. And also, in the third paragraph, where we learn that these fractions are actualized in every respect, and even in the sense of their involution and evolution, owing to the chief cosmic law, the sacred Heptaparaparshanoch. That is, they are diatonic. With this idea, we can surmise that if all phenomena are diatonic, then all forces are diatonic. Structurally, this infers that the fabric of the universe does not unfold from a single octave, a single force, but from three octaves, a trinity of three forces. In the last chapter, we recognized that the three forces coexist within the octave. The affirming force exists at Do. The denying force exists at Fa, and the reconciling force exists at La. Now, we must structure these forces as diatonic octaves. We shall use the octave of 144 vibrations, 288 vibrations to 144 vibrations. The octave of 144 allows us to compute all three diatonic octaves at whole numbers. Which makes spotting the dog a heck of a lot easier to do. Chapter 5 starts with this assertion. We shall now begin to define the fabric of the universe. A fabric that unfolds beyond the conceptual single octaves in a structure we have been exploring. Up until now, we have only been exploring one octave, like the octave of a tree. We learned about its inner octaves, its roots, branches, leaves, etc. Now, we must begin the study of outer octaves, because a tree does not live in some sort of isolation, separate from soil, rainfall, weather, heat, cows, tractors, farmers, people, etc. That is, there are many other forces that influence the life of a tree. Man, just like a tree, is also under many influences. And we cannot study man without studying the other forces that influence him. No man is an island entire of itself. John Donne In chapter 2, we saw how the universe began with three forces, which created three octaves. In fact, we watched them separate. One force went to six-sixths, one force went to five-sixths, and the other force went to four-sixths. Three forces, three octaves. Then, we stretched the fabric of the universe, causing the notes La and Fa of the force that was at six-sixths to align with the other two forces that were at five-sixths and four-sixths. Thus, within the octave of six-sixths, we were able to find two other octaves, one at five-sixths, La, and one at four-sixths, Fa. We created the octave of the first force and saw what it looks like. But since the octave of the first force has two other forces within it, we should also create octaves for them as well. When we do, we will discover the beginning of outer octaves and we'll be able to understand what Russell saw in the following Gurdjieff quote. It is necessary to notice that in the great universe, all phenomena, in general, without exception, wherever they arise and manifest, are simply successively law-conformable fractions of some whole phenomenon which has its prime arising on the Most Holy Sun Absolute. And in consequence, all cosmic phenomena, wherever they proceed, have a sense of objectivity. And these successively law-conformable fractions are actualized in every respect, and even in the sense of their involution and evolution, owing to the chief cosmic law, the sacred Heptaparaparshanoc. Russell reasoned that all phenomena in general meant All phenomena, not just some. Without exception, meant nobody is excluded. Wherever they arise and manifest, meant everywhere and anywhere. And are simply successively law-conformable fractions, and have a sense of objectivity, meant that a hint of God was in everything, some objectivity. Russell says, We may not be God, but we are walking law-conformable fractions of him. We are not just some random chaotic things that have nothing to do with God. We are actual law-conformable fractions which can be traced back to him. Recapitulating. Everything in the universe is a law conformable fraction. And those fractions ascend and descend based on the law of seven. That is, they are diatonic. We repeat. All forces are diatonic. And all forces Are law conformable fractions. The first three forces, relative to the first force, are at its notes Do, La, and Fa, and are at the law conformable fractions of 6 sixths, 5 sixths, and 4 sixths. OK. The universe began with three forces not just one. However, we have only calculated the diatonic structure of the first force. Now, we must calculate the diatonic structures of the other two. Page 74 The affirming force, the octave of 144 vibrations, creates seven diatonic vibrations as it descends from 288 vibrations to 144 vibrations. The reconciling force that exists at the La of the affirming force's octave is the Do of its own octave. It, too, creates its own seven diatonic vibrations that come into being as it descends from 240 vibrations to 120 vibrations. Finally, the denying force which exists at the far of the affirming force's octave is also the Do of its own octave and likewise creates its own seven diatonic vibrations that come into being as it descends from 192 vibrations to 96 vibrations. And here we show a diagram of three octaves, the affirming force, the reconciling force, and the denying force. Perhaps the first thing you will notice about this diagram is that although the three forces were calculated individually and separately to create a diatonic octave, that is, their own personal set of seven diatonic vibrations, We find some of these vibrations are also vibrations in either one or both of the other octaves. This sharing of diatonic vibrations, mutual points of contact, allows the octaves to influence each other at these points and, at the same time, binds the forces together. We now have the diatonic mathematics of all three forces. One force is the twelve, the father. It represents the whole, six sixths. It is the octave of 144. It begins at 288 vibrations and descends to 144. It is diatonic. We learned how to calculate its vibrations in Chapter 1. The second force is the ten, the mother. It begins at five-sixths of the whole. It is the octave of 120. It begins at 244 vibrations, at la, 240 of the 12 octave, and descends to 120. It too is diatonic, and its diatonic vibrations are calculated in the same way. The third force is the eight, the sun. It begins at four-sixths of the whole. It is the octave of ninety-six. It begins at one hundred and ninety-two vibrations, at far one hundred and ninety-two of the twelve octave, and descends to ninety-six. It too is diatonic, and its diatonic vibrations are also calculated in the same way. Russell labelled the three octaves affirming, reconciling, and denying, even though he previously proved that reconciling and denying forces do not exist. He used those labels because of how they interact with each other. For example, When Doe 288 tries to descend to Doe 144, the force that lives at Far 192 enters and stops it. That is, at Far 192, Doe 192 enters and exerts a force of 192 going up against the force of 48 going down and not only stops the forty-eight but repels it. Remember? So, we now have three octaves, and each octave has its own set of seven diatonic vibrations. Notice how they interact with each other, enforce each other, coincide with each other, and have some of the same vibrations as each other, and therefore Influence each other. Remember, the octaves are not happening like they are drawn on page 74 of Cosmic Secrets. One over on the left, one in the middle, and one over on the right. They are all happening at the same time, on the same line. However, if we put them on the same line, it will be hard for us to see what is actually happening. So, it is easier for us to visualize them by separating them out and placing them next to each other. But in truth, they are all moving together on the same line. We can see this on a piano. There are 12 keys on a piano. If we play certain keys, we play one octave. If we play different keys we play a different octave. The seven diatonic vibrations of 12 different octaves can all be found and played on one line of 12 keys. Okay. We now have three forces moving together down the universe. One diatonic force starts at Do 6 sixths. One diatonic force starts at La 5 sixths. And one diatonic force starts at far, four-sixths. Three forces in motion, manifesting diatonically. Now the question is, if this is how they came down, then how do they go back up? It is kind of like finding yourself at the bottom of some big pit and then asking one of the guys who's in the pit with you, How do I get out of here? He might say, Go back up the way you came down. Hey, that was easy. The way up was the way down. How do you go back up? Easy. Retrace the steps you took coming down. Simply use the structure that was created by the top octave coming down and relabel it from the bottom octave's point of view to reveal how the bottom octave goes back up. Page 75. Later, we shall see, due to this sharing of vibrations, how each vibration in an octave becomes a Do, Ti, La, So, Fa, Mi and Re. In a specific sequence, in what we call outer octaves. And here, we show a similar diagram of three octaves, but this time we label them second shock octave, first shock octave, and affirming octave. The significance of the diagram becomes evident when we realise that it identifies the natural downward flow of forces, as well as the place where each force begins. Now, we must look at the diagram regarding the ascension of forces, or in other words, how to get from the bottom back to the top. By relabeling the diagram, the dog is revealed. We now have the precise configuration of three octaves that can, by their proper sequencing, achieve ascension. In the above diagram, dissension proceeds downward from left to right, while ascension proceeds upward from right to left. Notice that from the point of view of our new affirming octave, Do 96 to Do 192, two forces or octaves, must begin at its vibrations, Mi 120 and So 144. Note, the octaves that must be purposely initiated at Mi 120 and So 144 create the shocks necessary for Do 96 to ascend to Do 192. The octave, from 96 to 192, becomes the new affirming octave. The octave from 120 to 244 becomes the first shock octave. And the octave, from 144 to 288, becomes the second shock octave. In chapter 4, we saw what happened to a force when it tried to ascend on Or descent. It got stopped by other forces. The forces that stopped it, entered at what notes? The farce. Okay, let us apply what we learned in chapter four to our new affirming octave. If the new affirming octave, do ninety six, tries to ascend. it will exert a 96 up force beginning at DO 96, right? It will go up from DO 96 to ray 108, lose 12, and have how much left? 84. Then it will go up from ray 108 to MI 120, lose 12, and have how much left? 72. Then it will go up from me 120 to far 128, lose 8, and have how much left? 64. We are now at far 128. And what lives at far 128? A doe. Doe 128. Do 128 lives at far 128. And Do 128 wants to do what? Go 128 up and 64 down. And when the 64 going down enters against the 64 going up, what do you think is going to happen? The 64 down will cancel out the 64 up. Fortunately, we can get help from the first shock octave. That is, we can have the first shock octave join us back at Mi 120 before we get stopped, and have that octave come in and say, Hey, I will join you. I will add another 120 guys to your army. Another 120 pounds to your ascending force. Both armies will then be moving up from Mi 120 to Far 128 together. And when those evil 64 guys jump out and try to stop them, the two armies moving together will easily defeat them and keep going. That concludes today's podcast. If you would like a chance to read the whole book, The Blueprint of Consciousness, An Accelerated Path to Awakening, which is available as a high-quality 520-page hardback and also as a PDF download, simply visit the store at our website, thedogteachings.com. The Blueprint of Consciousness contains an objective exercise in awakening that has literally awakened hundreds of people. Be free. Be awake. Be real. And realize your full potential as a human being. On our website, you will be able to listen to other talks, obtain diagrams, animations, supporting videos, and much, much more. In addition, You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook under the Dog Teachings. And, as a reminder, we have two Zoom classes every Saturday to assist you. Level 1 is freely available for anyone who purchases the Blueprint of Consciousness. And the other is for those who have obtained the Master Exercises and the Double or Nothing Exercises. See under Resources Zoom classes, for more details. All at thedogteachings.com That's T-H-E-D-O-G-T-E-A-C-H-I-N-G-S dot com Goodbye. Until next time.